Welcome back to Dad's Meat World. I am your dad spinning the records this week with our extra credit assignment for you. I'm Brett. And with me is your dad number two. Oh, I got detention again. <laughs> Just think of it as hooked on Feeny. <laughs> I am Tyler, the second dad for this week. Yes. Thought we would start kicking around some bonus materials because why not? There's plenty of stuff we got to talk about with Boy Meets World that's not just about specific episodes, but we may talk specific episodes too a little bit. Exactly. And after a couple of seasons, well, even a season and a half of running through one episode at a time, you kind of get the itch to just throw in some extra stuff there. And so we decided to record some extra credit assignments for you. And so for this extra credit assignment, I decided I'd throw it out there to Tyler for to challenge us to come up with our top 10 episodes of Boy Meets World. That was the only criteria given. I didn't uh, mm-hmm. assign us top 10 best or top 10 favorite or even top 10 episodes that teach you a lesson, or top 10 episodes that feature a teacher dangling a, a, a lesson out there for the boys to learn, or even top 10 Topanga episodes. This is just top 10 episodes for whatever, whatever and however we decide. Yep, exactly. Now, just a Sorry, little peek. I had, I had more I was going to say that I burped. <laughs> Now, yeah. just a but, little peek. You know, oh, all right, go for it. <laughs> sorry, my bad. I was just going to say, like, sometimes people really get into, like, well, this is this is 1 through 10, and this is the exact order. And my personal take on top 10 list is always that you know you have, like, a 1, and then, like, the next couple tiers is, like, yeah, these are also close to but not as favorite as the favorite. And then you have a bunch of other ones that you're, like, I mean... Number five and number ten could switch back and forth, you know, on any given day. So that is know. fair because this, this it really I like the tier the tier analogy because it really is a tiered yep. list because I've got you know probably three or four that are at the top of my list that they they belong at the top of the list they'll never be dethroned but as I was putting my list together. Peek behind the curtain, good-looking people at home. Um, I probably had 20 uh, that I start out with. And this this list challenge started out as top seven. I just threw mm-hmm. the number seven out there because there's seven seasons. And I very quickly realized I had a list too long, so I said, okay, let's just round it up to 10. And, uh, you know, after those first three or four, it becomes very... Very fluid, and if I put this list together two weeks from now, uh, those next six would probably have some fluctuation because I've got, you know, probably, what I say? I've I've got a good eight or nine honorable mentions that I'm not going to throw out there tonight, but I like the tier, the tier analogy, so. Now, that doesn't mean in the future we can't do a, Daz Meat World official top 10 list that we comprise, voted upon, and then we we truly form. 
Oh, at some point, I will release a rankings based on the grades I give the episodes throughout each mm-hmm. season. So there will be a list of which episodes yep. pass and which episodes fail, and there will be a definitive ranking of my gradings. Yep. <laughs> we may need to do a uh, tier episode at some point. I like that idea. That'll be another extra credit assignment. But that's enough talking. Mr. lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about this top 10. Yeah, so... Slash 20. Since this is a top 10 list, and with that caveat of this is really more of a tier, let's go ahead and go in reverse order just to keep with the top 10 uh, language. And let's go reverse order from 10 down to 1. So, Tyler, uh, since I'm hosting, I'll I'll give this as a a guess to you. Uh, What is your number 10 on your list? So number 10 on my list, and I actually had to Google because I thought I had spelled it wrong in my phone. I went, what is this name of this episode? That doesn't make any sense to me. And then I took, oh, okay. Um, so my number 10 is I Love You, Donna Karen, ah. <laughs> which is the first part to the uh sean falls in love with angela storyline where we first meet really angela as a true character because her and sean are on a date and then apparently sean at this point has a two-week rule once he's done dating a girl for two weeks he breaks up with her um finds a purse realizes that he likes the girl who has all the stuff in the purse and that's when sean gets his heart broken because the girl uh has a boyfriend Mm mm-hmm Indeed. But there's a twist. Yes. We can't get to that right now. That's for part two. <laughs> and my favorite is the first part, not the second part. Yeah, it does. Uh, the second part does. I'm with you. I like the first part better. <laughs> it mm. is interesting well, seeing it, Sean, right? They, they, it leans they too much the in the Corey and Topanga have been dating forever angle. And it's like, okay, I get they've been dating forever, but like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, though. I really do. Uh, My number 10, uh, I went a little bit slapstick with the number 10. Season 7, episode 6, They're Killing Us. That is Uh, an amazing episode. (laughs) For those of you who don't do do titles as as deeply as I do, this is the episode right before Corey and Topanga finally tie the knot, where Corey and Topanga are filmed in documentary-style format, sharing with the camera who it turns out at the end is their family why they just need to go ahead and get married next week or you know whatever because everything is driving them crazy uh alan is trying to figure out how to get the wedding done cheaply amy is just really enforcing her idea of style on the bridesmaids uh well Topanga's got her bridesmaids. Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Amy wants Amy is trying to share her own wedding dress. And of course, you know, we've got George Feeney uh playing some trumpet, and yes, Eric and his confession of love for Topanga and wanting to make Nick Nick. It's just hilarious. I mean, I feel like you need to play the clip right now. <laughs> I don't still have it in my soundboard, I don't think. Oh, that should always be in your soundboard. <laughs> oh, let me let me look here. Is it still oh, in yes. here? I'll drop I it will in t- post. 
<laughs> I pray. I I just want to make sure it's clear to the people that because like in Boy Meets World fashion, you don't always recognize the episode based on the title because the title doesn't always go along with what's actually happening. You know. They tend to be like fancy and all that jazz. So a lot of times I'll be like, wait, what is this episode? Like, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I'm just sitting here Googling all of them because I'm like, I have all of them written down. I just <laughs> <laughs> didn't put a description by it. Oh, yes. So that is my number 10. Yes. What's your number nine, Tyler? So number nine uh, for today is Father Knows Less. Oh. The third yeah. episode of the uh, first season. We have a match. That is my number nine as well. <laughs> Very nice. My, my big thing, well, first of all, in my top ten, I, I wanted to make sure that each season was represented. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this episode, and I just, it's one of those episodes that's really stuck with me since we we reviewed it. And just now being a dad and reflecting on that that interaction between Feeney and Alan and them still being respectful to one another and Corey is being so confused <laughs> by these two adults that, you know, and trying to figure out, like, well, which one's wrong? It's like, well, neither one of them is mm-hmm. really wrong. It's just they have two different perspectives. Yep. But they both learn something and grow from this. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah, and so, uh, I, I'm with, I'm right there with you. Uh, it, it hits me really hard as a dad, and you know I've I, I can't say I've kept either any of my kids up for a no hitter on the West Coast, but there have been times where I have had to make tough choices on on uh, when to butt heads with other authority figures and when not to, and when to you know take the back seat and realize that. You know, there are, t- there are things I want to do with them that will interfere with other responsibilities that they have to uh, school and other uh, other things that they have made commitments to. Yep. Yeah. So number nine for both of us, Father Knows Less. Plus, I got to say, one of the one of the coolest acting moments is when um, Mr. Feeney, uh, William uh, Daniels, just gets really serious about who he was as a child and, and, and helping Corey understand of this is almost like the trauma that I bring into my life and understanding. And like, it was almost like, like Alan in a way hurt him unintentionally because he's doing something with his dad that his dad wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Cor- he did with Corey that Feeney's dad would not do for himself. So it's just this, this nice moment of reflection from both of them which i just love so yeah definitely yep. yeah so, so number eight number eight well since you stole my number nine why don't you give your number eight this all time? right well my number eight is going to be from season three episode 18 life lessons now, this Ooh. would be the episode where tensions are running high as exam week looms near Mr. Feeney is considering retirement because you know, he kind of feels like an old dinosaur and just doesn't feel like he's getting through to his students anymore. And you know, this group of, uh, of hoodlums just doesn't want to take the test. And they decide to trash his house, trash the school. And, you know, it, it's just it, it's up to Corey and Sean and Topanga to try and help these 
these guys understand that there's still enough that Mr. Feeney has left to teach them that it's worth it. Yeah. Well, it's also a great episode because it really puts to point of who is Sean? Is Sean the guy who is a part of the crowd that's messing with Feeney's house? Is he part of the crowd that's going to go mess with the school? Or is he someone who's going to do the right thing? Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I really do love this episode. I've actually used this episode for teaching uh, purposes for uh, adult leaders mm-hmm. and, and helping them understanding about, you know, teenagers can be difficult. Yep. How do we handle them? <laughs> and what do we do? Especially when we have no patience. <laughs> so... Yeah. That's a good one. I say almost every single one, regardless of if they're on my list or your list, I know both of us are gonna go. Ah, oh, I love that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So what's your number eight? Yeah. So number eight is everybody loves Stewart. Oh, that one. That one nearly made my list. Mm-hmm. It, it's a great episode. It's it's the first time because uh, it's Corey Topanga. Uh, they're in college and they have this new professor. I'm guessing it's an English class that they're all taking or something. Um, But they have a young professor, and it's so great they have this young guy professor. And he makes a move on Topanga and makes it very clear that, you know, he'll keep doing it until he gets what he wants, which Mm -hmm. is apparently her. And Corey uh, does not handle that lightly and pushes him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just... (laughs) when the doors open and the Jonathan Cumberland for the defense it's it's one of my favorite bits he does in the whole show just the seriousness and then he pops over the briefcase and puts the recorder up and clicks it off it's it's such a serious episode because especially the content, especially in light of the Me Too movement, but golly, they do a good job of having this incredible joke and Eric is just like on point, you know, of supporting his brother by the yeah. same token, just being himself. Oh yeah, it, it's it's just fantastic. <laughs> yes. Oh, now, yeah. it, it, again, in all seriousness, a teacher is very much inappropriate and it, mm-hmm. I don't love the episode for that I'm really uncomfortable by that but it is such a great episode about them really becoming adults mm-hmm. you know you, what do you do in these situations and how are you going to handle this and them also appreciating who Feeney is to them yes and you, you really get to see the protective side of Feeney come out in this episode Yes, and you know we we've talked about clashes with Feeney and Turner here early in season two, just from a uh, a, philo- a philosophical standpoint from their teaching seventh graders, but to see that clash from how they handle teaching young adults, it gets so much more serious at Penbrook, and to see that type of mm-hmm that defensive care that comes out of Mr. Feeney for Topanga and for Corey. It's just, it's really powerful. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you, you've experienced it, and so have I, of not your child, but you're ready to protect them and defend them. Mm-hmm. Indeed. You know, you're, you're right there, ready to support, and whatever you got to do, you're going to do, and <sighs> realizing that they're growing up and you can't do anything about it is scary. It is. It is indeed. And speaking so, of growing... I'll go ahead and give my number seven. <laughs> go for you, it. You went first. I, I figured we should get us back on track. But uh, number seven is uh, As Time Goes By. Ah. Yes. Now, this has always been one of my favorites. Um, honestly, tomorrow it could be number two. Um, that's how much I love this episode. Um, so it's always been one of my favorites because I... I I love when they do those episodes that are just completely wacky, completely out there. They put this really flimsy way of episode episoding to get where we need to go. <laughs> but, you know, at least they explain it. Um, but there's more of a... The only reason why it's not up higher is because it's more of a sentimental reason that's on here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've shared before, with, I think, with the dear uh, viewers that... Uh, one of my children is, is in heaven, um, and, and while his body was still with us, we were in the hospital, I watched this episode with him, and, you know, it's it's one of those episodes that I go back to, it, it reminds me of him, it, it also just brings me joy, and it's also an episode that my oldest son goes, I want to watch the funny one where they're in black and white, and, and they're silly, mm-hmm. um, and so he's aware of that that's the episode that we watch. And so it's almost like a family bonding thing for us all mm-hmm. of, you know, Hey, we're all kind of not doing good today. Let's, let's watch that episode. So, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's one that I'll end up watching with, uh, Henry eventually as well. Actually, when we were in the hospital with Henry, I did put this episode on and I said, you know, honey, you got to watch this episode because this is just <laughs> the thing we do now. <laughs> yep. It's a good tradition. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Although this time I, instead of uh, just being on my phone, I brought a projector to the hospital. <laughs> so I had my projector set up and we're watching it. And my wife just kept looking at me like, I cannot believe you brought that. I said, <laughs> I know, but isn't it great? <laughs> Can't argue with it. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, uh, maintenance-wise, that was a wrong thing for me to do, and I should not have done that. But all the nurses loved it, so. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so what's your number seven, Brett? My number seven is going back to season two, Wake Up Little Corey. Yeah, that's a classic. Oh, yeah. And good-looking people, you know it. We covered it uh, from the date of this recording just a handful of weeks prior uh, Corey and Topanga inadvertently spend the night at the school while working late on their video assignment about love and sex and dating. Uh, I this this video this video this episode <laughs> has uh, long been uh, a, a part of my routine, so to speak. I have used it as a teaching resource. I have used it to start many a discussion with teenagers, and it's just, you know, it, it, even bringing in all of the, uh, shall we say, negative energy of our guests about the patriarchy, 
There's truth to it. It paints a very a very realistic picture of the double standard that young men and women and, and old men and women face, uh, especially the women, uh, when it comes to stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it just... It, it's it's always going to be in my top ten list, and it's always going to be one I'll go back to just because I love the way that Corey has to sit in his his mistake, his boneheaded mistake, and I like that he mm-hmm. doesn't get off easy. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it, it's definitely in my honorable mentions. It easily could have been in my top ten. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I, that's another episode that's really sat with me since we've done it, and I've thought about that a lot. Um, at the time of recording, last time we recorded was, uh, I brought up the whole Marilyn Monroe thing. Just, in, in again, I, I don't doubt that it could have been a thing, but on the same token, how much is it just rumor that, that destroys reputations, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I've sat on a lot more about things stick onto women a lot, longer and a lot mm-hmm. worse than it does to men. Indeed. You know, I think not saying, uh, how do I say this? I think that if someone I don't know says something to me or about me, uh, it may annoy me, may frustrate me, but eventually I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't care about that person. But if someone says something super negative to my wife, I know it really sits with her a lot longer, mm-hmm. um, you know, or starts tries to imply something about her character that isn't true, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it just it's a really good representation as well of parenting because they didn't try to give them the answers and they didn't try to. They just let him sit in it. It's yep. always the best way to put it. <laughs> and I like that Sean tried to come over and go, you are a god. And the moment he heard that, why is my, my son, son so godlike? <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. He made his bed and he had to lie in it. Yeah. It just, it's, you know, and I think whenever I, when we were reviewing initially, I said, oh, probably, you know, he was really, Amy was angry and he got angry too, but... I think in general, Alan was actually is probably the most disappointed he's ever been in his son. Yeah. Oh, just like you, you're allowing someone to think this about you, and it's not true, and you know that it's impacting your friend negatively. Mm-hmm. And again, you're allowing that to happen. Yep. So. Yeah. All righty, so number six. Again, this could easily be top five. <laughs> uh, a Long Walk to Pittsburgh, part two. Ooh, you went part two. I did want part two. Now, yeah. could, uh, it, this is probably, in when, anytime they do the part one, part two, one of the most fluid and well done from part one to part two, like a true actual you know one part two part Mm -hmm. it could have been it's one whole episode Mm -hmm. like been a super episode and i don't think anyone would have realized it um 
Like, that's how good it is together. But really, the second episode has something that the first one doesn't. And that is just this true, deep, gut, like, gut-wrenching, like, conversation about do these two actually love each other? And is that enough to justify their actions? Mm-hmm. Like, is this relationship enough to say, yes, let's disregard parents' wishes? Mm-hmm. And I... I love Amy more and more as I get older for her stance on, no, it is not. It is irresponsible for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But also, she still defended them and even said it's wrong for the two of them to be separated. Mm -hmm. So it's that double-edged sword is a parent of like... (laughs) Uh, on on this side, yes, I disagree. But on this side, the one that's more important, I do agree. Mm-hmm. So then also we see a different side of Feeny, a much more hopeful, much more romantic and kind-hearted Feeny in a way. Yes. A, a little less authoritarian Feeny. Not mm-hmm. not the administrator, more of the, the guardian. Yeah. Yes. Good way to put it. Plus, it's always good to see an ant that wants to uh, stick it to... Uh, Jedediah. Jedediah. And is she Chloe at this point? Or has she gone yeah. on to Rhiannon? <laughs> I forget. <laughs> Who's to say? Oh, I can't remember which name she's got at that point. <clears throat> we'll get there. We'll get there, good-looking people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ah. Well, my number six uh, is an emotional gut punch as well. Uh, season six, episode 13, we'll have a good time then. Ooh. Ooh Chet comes back into town and uh, shows back up on campus. He's hustling some kids at the pool table. And uh, he wants to make amends with Sean and Jack for never being there. And uh, spoiler alert, Chet dies at the end of the episode good looking people and uh it's it's an emotional ringer for sean especially because he's got a lot to go through during the episode because he's got a lot to deal with where he's wrestling with chet is who he is and chet is the emotional shall we say, butterfly that kind of is here and then gone and here and then gone. And Sean sees himself just like that. And, you know, he's back again, but for how long? And is he really going to stay? And when he finally commits to, yes, I'm here, he's gone forever. And just the, you know, when, when Boy Meets World pulls out all the stops, it pulls out all the stops. And it's just when... When the when the ER doc comes out and shakes his head and says, I'm sorry, boys. I mean, every time I watch it, it doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. I mean, I just, I get that knot in my throat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really great episode. Um, especially because it's almost like he is being the dad Sean always hoped he could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a great reminder for 
we don't know how long we have. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think about almost on a weekly basis of, I don't know how long I'll have with my boys, and I, I'd hate for them if something, God forbid, anything were to happen to me before they become teenagers. Of, you know, how will they know how they should go through life? You know, uh, will they know what the right thing to do and what the right thing to say is? And, you know, so I think, you know, selfishly, uh, part of the reason that I wanted to start this podcast and start talking about parenting and uh, also about a show I love so deeply is, you know, uh, just to put out there of, hey, these are dad's thoughts. And even if at some point dad isn't around to communicate these thoughts, they're out there somewhere. You know, um, and uh, as, as sad as to say, they did an incredible job taking a really sad moment of, of losing his dad and allowing Chet to come in that ghost-like form or angel-like form, however you want to put it, mm-hmm. almost like an Obi-Wan coming out of nowhere. <laughs> um, yep. Because the moments that he come, he would come. Just you would get these great insights for Sean of how to help himself move forward, um, and whether that's Sean saying these things or getting some truth out of nowhere and just attributing to his dad. Who's who's to say? It's a TV show. Episode is going to episode. Yeah. But I gotta say, the best Sean or Chet Hunter showing up is in Girl Meets World. <laughs> one of my favorite dad pep talk speeches to his son but we'll get to that eventually um down the road good looking people uh, way down the road <laughs> all right so what's so your number five the... top five now yes let's get to the creme de la creme as they say the uh, does it's about time. time oh yeah the big wedding mm-hmm. Yep, it's the wedding time. Corey is being a jerk to Sean. Sean is getting angry. Mm-hmm. Even calls him a white boy at one point. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> I just, I'm just laughing at Eric throughout the whole thing. <laughs> pick me, pick me. You know you want to pick me. We come from our father's loins. <laughs> Trailer oh, trash gosh. is crying. It's just... <laughs> what? No, trailer trash is crying. Yeah. Or however he just... phrases it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good... Okay. On on one hand, everyone is at an 11, mm-hmm. which is incredible for humor, especially for things like, you could tell Sean he could kiss my tuchus in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him that we have a limo. Is that before or after the Tuckus in Hell? <laughs> um, but also, like, uh, this friendship, which has always been really odd and strange and questionable, like, just has this truly raw of, like, are are we going to change now? This deep connection we have, is that going away, or are we still going to be us? Mm-hmm. Um it's just a great episode, especially because Eric really comes through as the big brother and best yep. man. He does. Um, you know, it's just it's it's one of those those episodes that you can any point that's it that's on there 
I know I'm going to watch it through. If I walk in, I see it's that episode's on, I'm going to sit down and enjoy it. Because it's, every every bit of it is just perfect. Yep. Um, And you really see all that Topanga is dealing with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my turn now. <laughs> yes. I think I've been very tolerant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you really like her? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. All right, what's your what's your number five, Brett? My number five, season three, Stormy Weather. Oh, very good, very oh, good. Yeah, Eric has landed an internship at a TV station, and he gets so busy there, he decides to quit school to focus on it completely, and he winds up his with his dream job filling in. He is the weatherman for the week, but. Realize, finds out that he's quit school. It's only an internship. He can't have the internship if he's not at school. And I, I think the the best part of the whole episode for me is what happens between him and Alan because it it comes to this head where I can definitely see myself and Alan where it gets to the point where Eric's 18th birthday has come around. He doesn't need to be in school because he's 18. He's going to drop out. And there's this whole big exchange where, well, fine, you're gonna you're 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 gonna pay rent if you're gonna live here. You're not gonna go to school. You're gonna pay rent, and you know Alan doesn't even wish him wish him a happy birthday, and yet they're able to 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 reconcile. And mm-hmm. it's just, and you know you got the fun stuff with like Corey walking out and coming back and losing his <laughs> mittens, and. Eric serving the crew coffee in their kitchen and like taking a hammer and chipping the cup that's that's decaf. But it's just the the heart of the story is this whole Eric school and and his dream job and this conflict it causes in every part of his life. I just uh, it's mm-hmm. it's top five for me easy. Yeah, um, it's actually my number two. Oh. Yeah, like I said, it, all my top <laughs> can <laughs> bounce around, but this is pro- exactly for the reason you said. Just this interaction with with Alan and Eric, and you know, it, it's a conversation I have with my son as often as I possibly can. I just want you to try. I just want you to do your best. Mm-hmm. And I think for Alan, he's seeing that his son is not doing his best. Yes, he's living out a dream right now. But Alan knows that the dream could be gone tomorrow. You have mm-hmm. no guarantees. You don't have the uh, a credibility, like the, the credits you need and, and to the, sorry, not the credits, but just, you know what I mean? You don't have the yeah. background to be able to keep this thing going. They're not going to hire you. So don't just stop what you're doing, especially, you know, don't drop out of school. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what do you got for number so just, four? So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number four, I'm just going to describe a scene to you. Okay. And I'm going to let you figure out which one it is. <laughs> so we, we come into the apartment, the guy's apartment, and they're sitting on a couch, Sean and Angela. And all of a sudden... The couch is rumbling a little bit. And Topanga walks out and goes, you're crushing Eric. For love and apartments. 
Angela's men. Angela's men. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bring up first the the blooper because it's by far it's the thing I laugh at the yeah. hardest ever. Uh, okay, so episode prior, dear viewers, we're not there yet, so I'll let you know. Uh, the guys have an apartment. Uh, Eric, Sean, and his future brother Jack, and the uh, girls of Topanga, Angela, and a new character Rachel, uh, essentially kick him out of that apartment, and they wrestle for it. The guys lose, uh, thanks to some help from WWE legend um, Mankind. Mankind Foley. Uh, <laughs> anywho, so the next episode, Eric is obsessed with getting back at Topanga because even though his good friend Rachel, former roommate, and also Angela also were part of this whole kicking out of Eric, he is obsessed with getting back at Topanga and is going crazy. Like, Eric is at a 15 in this episode and it is amazing like i don't know if they just let will friedel like write things or just say take eric however you want to take him but it is just bonkers (laughs) and then you have this very serious like sean is trying to impress angela's father um and so it's like this really heart-wrenching like why won't you take me back? Like we, we are so similar and we love each other. Let's stop fighting that. Mm-hmm. And this really emotional moment where Angela has to admit of she's scared because she sees a future with Sean uh, and fears that she's going to hurt him. <laughs> and then the episode ends with the greatest blooper ever. And they can't. Normally they it's a cold it's a it's a just a last minute joke and they just can't to it. one of the only bloopers that ever aired as part of the episode <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just it's amazing and just every time they just can't do it and seeing will friedel just in this couch costume is incredible every time it is <laughs> Uh, if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. If you haven't watched it, what are you doing here? Knock this crap off. You need to see this good stuff, my friends. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, what's your number this. four, Brett? My number four is season four, episode three, I Ain't Gonna Spray Lettuce No More. Ooh. Alan quits his job at the, gr- at the uh, grocery store, uh, Market Giant, without mm-hmm. discussing it with Amy. So in retaliation, Amy promises to make a drastic decision, a unilateral decision, without consulting the rest of the family either, mm-hmm. and winds up buying the uh, uh, camping supply store, the outdoor su- store. And it's really fun, kind of fun because the nice uh, the subplot that runs through is Corey learning how to be poor from Sean. <laughs> eater you're an eater (laughs) but i really love the the storyline between alan and amy just this i I don't blame alan at all um for for the decision he makes but he did not communicate well and when we get to this season when we get to this episode i'll i'll go in depth i'm sure but 
the communication needed to happen. And Amy is completely justified in how she decides to act and in what she does and how she goes about it. Alan has no has no leg to stand on in her having her own unilateral decision to make that impacts the entire family. <laughs> yep, I agree completely. <laughs> it's that's a great episode. It really mm. is. And Amy is amazing in that episode as well. Plus they sell stuff to uh, Mr. Feeney who never buys stuff from the previous owner. <laughs> nice little crossover acting job from home improvement too so <laughs> uh-huh. um i'm gonna change up my original list i mean i'm the only one looking at it right now so since we already talked about stormy weathers i feel like i can uh adjust that a little bit and talk about another episode <laughs> uh specifically about parenthood and father some and everything like that mm-hmm. uh so my number three is now going to be Raging Corey from episode or from season five. Yeah. It's just it's such a great episode for that dynamic uh, that I know that I lived. I'm still living with <laughs> of, you know, being uh, having being the second son and, and seeing the relationship that my father has with my brother and probably what my brother sees with the relationship that um, I have with my dad and just, you know, I mean, for the show's purposes, they end up having a completely different relationship, like so dramatic of a difference, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that is the case with me and my dad. I have to say, I don't think I only get one part of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's pretty much an open book with all of us. So, um, But I just, I love... <laughs> just... <laughs> thing i keep thinking about is when eric has a mustache and calling himself dr shapiro <laughs> and then i can't remember which one it is but one of them called tried to call all the philadelphia hospitals to find out if any 40 year old men came in with uh, basketball injuries <laughs> it's like huh, that many huh well yeah um shame my yeah father. it's just <laughs> it's just it's a really good episode and then also you know, Feeney coming in at like midnight, being like, "He knocked you on your keister, you... man." <laughs> Feeney, everything okay? No, Alan. Noah's not. Nobody <laughs> called. No one came over. <laughs> Something happened. People come over. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Would you like to come in? Yes, I'd like to come in. I'd like to talk about it, and then I can go to bed. <laughs> Yes, this one almost made my list as well. It just narrowly got edged out, but uh, mm-hmm. there's so much I, great stuff in it. And again, this is the thing that, and this is why we're doing this podcast, is because <laughs> there's just so many episodes we love, and there's mm-hmm. such good stuff in this show. There is. Yeah, It's a good just, thing we're the only ones that thought about it, too. I know. There's no other, no other Boy Meets World podcast out there, so you know, don't go looking yep. for them. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, my number three uh, is uh, episode 20 of season five, Starry Night. Ooh, yes. very nice. Yeah. I believe I previously mentioned it as my top, but uh, it fluctuates. But uh, during the whole Corey, Topanga, and, um, Lauren arc, 
This is right there at the end. This is how they get back together. Uh, but Topanga goes to an art exhibit with Angela. They see Van Gogh's uh, Starry Night. And uh, just... Starry Night is, is probably my favorite piece of art, period. Um, I have a poster of it hanging in the other room uh, that I have had since college. Um, I probably mentioned it on the podcast before that uh, I got it in college because I lived in a house with eight other guys. We wanted to class up the, the house and make it look like we were cultured. And so... You know, it's my favorite piece of art, so we, I, I got a poster for it. And so that has survived almost 20 years now <laughs> and several moves. But to see such drastically different interpretations of that painting between Corey and Topanga that are coming from where they are in the world and in their relationship and seeing Topanga go out with this old friend and seeing how Corey is the only person left that has any faith left in their relationship surviving. It's... <sighs> seeing all that hope still alive in him after all this and seeing it expressed in this painting for him it really just reflects, it, it just resonates with me. And so any show that's going to feature Starry Night is always going to be good in my book, but they, they really did a really good job with it in this one. Yeah. No, I agree. It's a great episode. And it's, it's a classic one that people will go back to, mostly for the moment of Corey and Topanga getting back together on the monkey bars. Um, and it's a really cute way for them to getting back together, mostly because Corey isn't fully listening and they're both trying <laughs> to tell each other that they love each other and, you know, missing the fact that they're tr both trying to say it at the same time. Yep. Um, no, it's a great episode. It really is. And it has its flaws for me, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But probably just Sean being annoyed with Corey's optimism is one of my favorite parts as well <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah yeah well my now number two which i'm not really happy that's my number two but it is what it is <laughs> it's your so list we're gonna go with uh the happiest show on earth ah. <laughs> oh crap i did that thing where i in my head i was like i know exactly which one that is and now i'm I think I have the wrong one. Well, the happiest show on earth is the one where Corey heads down to Disney World to that's, chase okay, Topanga. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> I, I was getting uh, Eric Goes to Hollywood confused. Ah, um, yes. <laughs> yes, no. Uh, so after, this is in season three, uh, Corey and Topanga are officially broken up, and Corey's thinking, I think I need to get back together with Topanga because... I'm dating a bunch of other girls, apparently. He's being a little more Sean-like and mm -hmm. um, just isn't into, interested in it at all and starts to see Topanga all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, and so decides that because Topanga's going to uh, Florida for some project thingy-bobber class trip, apparently out of nowhere, contest win, episode after episode, 
this is the this is the Disney episode that every single uh, '90s show had to do at synergy once, at one point. <laughs> yes, uh, and so they got to go to Disney World. So Corey and Sean travel uh, beside chickens to go uh, find her, so he can confess his love for her. Um, just some really weird things occur, and we'll get to this episode. Like, <laughs> as an adult, this episode there doesn't really so hold much. up. But but in the, the romanticness of Disney World, just all the things they do, and also just Corey's such a desperate attempt to win his girl back. Um, it's just... I'm nostalgic for this episode, I'll be honest. Should it probably be number 10 at this point on my list? Yeah, but you know what? It's a great episode, and I still adore it. It hits all the rom-com beats. I mean, yeah, there there's parts of it that definitely don't hold up, but yeah, yeah it hits all and the rom-com beats. And we have a uh, s- step-by-step a crossover, there finally. There is a step-by-step crossover with uh, Stacey Oh, sorry. Step-by-step, day-by-day. Actually obligated. Yes, contractually obligated. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So again, as a, as an adult, as a parent, uh, I have a lot of questions. But good golly, it's just adorable watching these and kids get back there's together. There's Eric at home with his Corey dummy, and yeah, freaking and out Eric Mr. being Feeney. a good big brother. <laughs> just <laughs> Mr. Matthews. Did I just did I just see you push put your brother in the locker? <laughs> Yes. Oh, uh, there is some good stuff. There is some good I stuff. I also love the that was an excellent <laughs> oral report, Mr. Matthews. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> there is some gold in there. Uh, so what's your number two, Brett? My number two, season five, episode seventeen. I'll give you uh I'll 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 do a riff on your game. The door opens. Hidey ho. We'll always remember he was this tall. There you go. And then there was Sean. (laughs) (laughs) The gang finds themselves locked in the school all alone during detention. And everyone starts to die. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. It is the infamous riff on horror movies. Everyone's picked off one by one, and soon they realize that it's all in Sean's mind. He has dreamed the whole situation, and uh, as a fan of horror movies, as a fan of the genre, it's of course it's going to rank high. It's just it's such a well done episode on so many levels, mm-hmm. and it's. The message behind it all that for the first time in his life, something has gone wrong and Sean is not involved. Sean is not responsible and he doesn't know how to fix it. He doesn't know what he can do to make it right. And this Mm -hmm. is just his subconscious trying to work it out and he can't figure it out. And the two most important people in his life just he can't fix it. He, it's essentially like he has a identity crisis. Because mm-hmm. I do think that part of Sean's identity is, I keep, I'm the mess that Corey and Topanga have to keep fixing. So if they're no longer together, what does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. it, it's, it's just, this is right around my top 10. It easily could have been in my top 10, no mm-hmm. problem. It's it's a fantastic episode with a lot of great references. It it truly is. I mean, there's no parents whatsoever in this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the teenagers just are at an 11 the whole time. <laughs> uh, even the point where Angela is the scream queen of this episode. Mm-hmm. This group already um, has a screamer. <laughs> you got yeah. Jennifer Love Pfefferman. Yes, I too oh, read Teen Beat, joke. Mr. Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I know what borrowing yes. a pencil means, Kenny. <laughs> no one has borrowed more pencils than me. They're uh, not divorced, Kenny. It's a trial separation. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know seniors still got detention. They do. <laughs> One should wait until... I'm not in my regular seat. <laughs> it's so quotable. I can't wait till we yes. get to that episode. We got a few seasons, good-looking people. So, Tyler, what is your top episode? Well, I have to ask you the question, Brett. Mm-hmm. Is your top episode from season five as well? Actually, no, my, season four. I mean, my top episode is from season four. Season four. Okay. Does it potentially have a Mr. Uh, Turner in it? It does have Mr. Turner in it. Mm-hmm. Um, is Eric or Eric? My gosh, I'm really <laughs> ruining this thing. Does uh, is Sean supposed to be staying with the Matthews? Uh. I'm trying to remember if that element is part of it. I honestly don't remember if that story part this story. That's okay. I didn't know if we actually had the same one as we've gone on. We have not talked about the one that's my top one, so I didn't know if it was also your top one. But I don't know. Hit me with your top one. (laughs) My top one from season four, Cold Fiction. That is mine as well. Yes, (laughs) I I had a feeling. to me, hands down, and I'll let you talk, this is the perf- most perfect episode that you can make for Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. It has ridiculous silliness uh, from several characters. You have great interactions with parents and Feeney. Um, Mr. Turner is there randomly um, and trying to relate and help Sean. Mm-hmm. And you have Sean going through an identity crisis and trying to understand who is he, what does he actually believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have great interactions with Corey and Sean and, and their relationship and Topanga trying to support and help. And it's, it is, for lack of a word, it is a beautiful episode. Yes, it, it really is. And I, I echo all of that. And just the idea that um, this whole arc with Mr. Mac coming in, that Mr. Feeney has been trying for such a long time to even get this individual shut down, that uh, Mr. Feeney comes to Sean's defense, that... Uh, Alan is ready to come to blows with him for even showing up. Uh, 
and that it comes down to Sean being forced to confront mortality in a hospital room with Mr. Turner, who has up to this point been more of a father figure to him than his own biological father, who a handful of episodes previous was uh, discussing signing legal guardianship papers with him because his own father was not planning on being back anytime soon. And it, it, at this point, I mean, Corey and Topanga walk out and leave Sean there with Mr. Turner, uh, potentially brain dead. And his only recourse is to cry out to God. And it's not something that the show really ever goes into much depth about in at any point. But to see Sean go through such a, you know, uh, uh, through four seasons up to this point, he has gone through so many swings in his, his identity. But he's always been searching for that, that North Star, that cornerstone to build everything on. And it's always been a shifting sand type of a cornerstone for him. And it kind of feels like this is something he can build on for the remainder of the series where he finds something, something real. And it's definitely not Mr. Mac. And be, being able to walk out of that hospital room and let him know that he's only coming back to gather his stuff. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need Mr. Mac. He doesn't need the center. I've used this countless times as a teaching element, as a discussion starter, even with, uh, I mean, I, I, it goes on and on. I, I've used this across three different states with multiple churches. With I've lost count of how many times I've viewed this episode. I've, I've talked about it. When we get to it, to review it, that's probably going to be a three-hour-long episode. <laughs> it's yes. just that good for me. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I I could talk about it all night. It's just that powerful of an episode. And like you said, mm-hmm. it is it is quite possibly the perfect Boy Meets World episode. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. I agree with everything you said. I Sorry, I was going to say, I kind of pushed my microphone away just so I could listen to you because I, I, it's one of those episodes that, like, there's so much in here that to truly capture all of it just in us both talking about it and giving it praise right now, we're not going to be able to hit it. Even when we actually do this episode, which, spoiler alert, it's going to be A pluses. Um, <laughs> yeah. In my head, and you can probably cut this at this point, but, like, we may have to do this as almost as a two-part episode and potentially have more voices like not record the whole time with us but like in different segments like talking about it with us you know because mm-hmm. there's there's just so much here on a teacher front um on a parental th- uh, front um on cults and understanding of what is a religion slash relationship with God looks like and what a cult actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and our responsibility as adults to protect young people and and help them to not understand of and, and getting confused on what those two things are and the differences and there's just there's so much in this episode this this may be a special five part episode for us <laughs> it's a series um, <laughs> honestly honestly goodness it might be um i mean I'll be honest with you, I'm fine with if we want to release all of them all at once so that way you can listen to all of them because I mean, there's just there's so much in here um, and it's so good. Um, yeah, I I don't know how else to describe it. Just, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I relate to every single character and also, and I'll even say this about Mr. Mac, I... It really shaped who I am as someone in leadership of being careful that I am not like Mr. Mac and that I'm not making false promises and, and trying to boost my ego and, and come off as fake. And and how do I do that? Um, and so at any point, if I'm like, I'm acting more like him than I am me, then I need to be concerned and worried about that. So, yeah. Um, so my real question, Brett, is for the listeners, what's their top 10? Yeah, we'd love to hear what your top 10 is, uh, good-looking people. You can email us your top 10 list. You can leave a comment uh, on YouTube. On uh, uh, Leave us a comment on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Dad's Meat World on any of those three. We'd love to yep. hear from you. We, we love lists. We love tier lists. Let us know. If you yep. can't number them 1 through 10, give us a tier list. What's, what's, your, yep. what's your A? What's your B? What's your C? What's your superior? However yep. you want to break I'll it e- down. I'll even say it. The first person, the first list, top 10 list we get, that person's getting a T-shirt. There you go. <laughs> so, Well, Tyler, this extra he- credit assignment, I think, is uh, worthy of pass i don't think we failed i think we passed so uh i hope so i'll see we, you. we had the answers to the test we did we had the answers <laughs> uh we were well prepared Pens- number two pencils for everyone so until next time good looking i'll see you to you good looking all right Da-da-da-da.